Hi, and welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body, mind, spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Sites, and I'm grateful to be back after a long uh, pause of this podcast. You know, I'll be really, really honest and vulnerable with you all today. I think I've been on a pause because this message of what I'm going to share today has been on my heart for all these months. The last time I recorded was February, um, but I just didn't know um, how to share it in such a way that um, felt safe and secure for me. Um, I think we all have a lot of programming. I think we all have a lot of ideas of how it is and isn't okay to share ourselves in the world. And today, as I was listening to a song that I love called Girls uh, by Rachel Platten, I had it on my stories and Instagram, and, and that's the truth of it. I'm actually pulling it up right now so I can look at it. And I was thinking about her song and how much it's really meant to me recently and how much I've loved it. And I think one of the messages that I've always had in all my platforms is that, you know, I stand for the healing of a generation, right? I hope that the life that I live and the principles that I connect to in my pursuit of the divine and God will, will bless my children, will bless the people that come into contact with me and help us all become more loving and more kind and closer to the divine or God. For me, that's God. And I realized that my voice had been somewhat um, edited or muffled uh, because of fear. And I just didn't want that for, you know, women in my space or women in my family. And um, I think it's really natural for us. Um, we learn at a very young age that certain things are acceptable to say <laughs> and get us uh, praise. And certain things, if we say them, there'll be consequences. And isn't that sad that sometimes saying the truth isn't actually received, Right. People don't necessarily want to hear our truth. They just want their truth confirmed. And um, so the title of this podcast today is From Dogma to Dharma. And I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about my journey, really vulnerably, um, to come on this journey from dogma to dharma. I think first we kind of need to have a definition of like, what is dogma? Right? Dogma is just a term that I find is really useful to help me understand um, but these are principles or set of principles laid down by an authority figure, right? That are incontroversibly true, right? So somebody comes along and says, this is the path. This is the right way. This is who God is. And this is the way you should connect to God. Somebody outside of you is speaking for you and telling you how you uniquely come to God. Um, I'm not suggesting that we don't all look to forms and models for that, right? I mean, isn't that what all religious traditions teach, right? Like for me, I grew up with Christianity. I love the words of Jesus and like how to come to know God. I think those have been really, really helpful in my life. And I love, I've had uh, people who I feel like are connected to that divine source and these speaking from that, that have really helped and expanded me over in, in my life to, you know, try to put something that is fully beyond words into words and help me connect to it and embody that. So there's value in that, right? There's value in these types of, mouthpieces that come into the world um, to help us on our path. But what I've come to understand is that the minute that we take away sovereignty, right, the minute we say that there's a, that one person can speak for all others, or um, we, we have hero worship, we have, we put a human being on a pedestal, we put a set of principles on a pedestal as if they're immutable, 
um, that is where harm can really, really happen. Um, and so this outside in, um, if you've been following my podcast, uh, is, is, is not really how healing happens, right? It's an inside out process. And it's even that in the area of spirituality, um, versus like organized for spirituality versus religiosity, right? We have these kind of two, uh, coexisting principles. So then let's look at what is Dharma, right? Dharma is just a term I use here. We could call it purpose. We could call it truth. Uh, Dharma has kind of a, a broad, expansive um, definition, but the one that I kind of like is um, the cosmic law underlying right behavior and social order. And, and if, you, if you come to the origin of this word, it comes from Hinduism traditions, um, but it's Again, even if you look in any tradition, it's just this idea that there's this internal knowing, right? This kind of cosmic truth, this uh, truth with a capital T versus little t, right? That we all know that lives inside of us, right? We kind of know that harming another person or violating their free will uh, is not of the divine, right? Whereas love and kindness and um, respecting of, of other people, right? The golden rule, right? You see these truths exist through all religious thought, uh, and also social thought, because it's something that's kind of universal and it, it lives in all of us. Like the light of this truth lives in our very being. So it's an aspect of truth or reality, right? That we are connected to. And I truly believe this is lives within all of us, right? We all have this light and we have this ability to expand it out, right? We have this ability to have this regular conversation connection with the divine and be led from this place um, but what can get in the way of that sometimes, unfortunately, is these outside in uh, dogmatic positioning kind of thoughts. In fact, I've had clients in my office that have had, honestly, uh, when their dogmatic positioning has been questioned, right? Because this is the kind of thing that people use to stay safe and get love. Like if I do these things, if I operate in this way, I'm safe and I'll get loved. And there's almost like a a magical thinking, right? That life won't come at them and they won't have difficulty because they're doing these things. It's not to say if we don't follow universal principles of love and kindness that that doesn't spill over to us, right? But um, but we all live and live in, and grow and and have struggle, right? That's part of life, and so there can be this idea of protection and or. Um, superiority, honestly, that can come from these types of thinkings. Um, so my journey from dogma to dharma kind of looks like this, right? You guys know that I've been a therapist for um, about 14 years now, right? And I, I sat and watched people in my office continually injure one another based on these types of dogmatic positionings, even within a, a similar, like maybe everyone in the family is of a similar faith tradition because that I often saw that even within that similar positioning of like, this is how life operates. And these are the rules that govern my life. There's uniqueness, right? Every single soul is unique and every single person and their journey and their growth is unique. And so when these uniquenesses would pop up and it would challenge maybe the worldview of somebody else in the family system, maybe this family person is an authority like a mother or a father or a grandparent or, you know, cause it can be extended families as well. Then harm would happen in the quote unquote service of what is right, right? My path is right and your path is wrong. And therefore I'm justified in injuring you uh, with my words 
withdrawing my love and presence from you, um, censoring you, telling you that you, um, you know, you're, who you are and your expression of truth is, isn't okay. Um, it's a pretty regular thing that I saw. And as somebody who just truly wants to see what I consider right relationship, right? People standing in love and kindness to one another and, and seeing the divinity within each other, right? The divine in me sees the divine in you and operating from this space. It was really difficult sometimes to see where these outside principles were like and were, were actually contributing to harm, right? Now let's take this on a macrocosm for a minute, right? That's the microcosm of a family system. But I think you can really see it sometimes more clearly as you expand it out. Well, let's expand it out to just what's happening in the world today, right? We know as we speak, as I speak, there are neighbors, uh, and this is this is raw and real, guys, but there are neighbors killing each other, right? Fighting for land, fighting for my version of what is true or right all over the world, right? Genocide has happened. Uh, through, since the history of this world, genocide has happened in the terms of like, I have the right view of God and you don't, and therefore I am justified in exterminating you or taking from you your freedom to worship and connect to God because I have the right perspective. I think most of us know in our core, right, in this Dharma place, this aspect of truth and reality that we all have connection to, that's not, that's not a good thing to do. That's hurtful. That's not, uh, that's not of God, right? We can feel that in our souls, but um, at least I think most people listening to this podcast had that type of a perspective. And if you don't, then I'd ask you to go deeper, right? What makes, it, how in any way is the divine, as we can best describe it, connected to harm and injury and um, and judgment, right? Where Where is God in that? But that happens, right? And I think that we have these really complex situations in the world and these complex egoic ideas and positions that we get in and so we justify our behavior and I think we've all done it I think it's so difficult to say that we've all done it so we're like well that's not happened I've never gone into a land and taken it over I haven't maybe killed in the name of God right that's not something that I've ever felt justified in doing or done but then let's just look in our backyard let's look in our own backyard right where we have maybe stopped talking to a friend or connecting to them because they think differently than us, or maybe we have silenced and judged somebody who, um, you know, whether it be because their religious orientation is different than us, because they look differently than us, their sexual orientation is differently than us, like uh, their economics are different than us, right? There's a million ways that we create division, but we have these divisions, these principles that are, live in our mind, right? These kind of governing sets of rules that we use to discriminate our reality. And this is actually something the mind does. And we'd say then it's okay for me to separate myself, to have divisions from love, right? To have divisions from the other people that walk this planet who I kind of think of as my brothers and sisters. And we do this and we do this and we do it because in our minds we're right and they're wrong. And maybe God will justify us in that harming. And so you see this over and over again and you see, um, people thinking that they need to preserve themselves, right? In their traditions. And they're afraid if they break down, um, well, we won't, we won't have harmony in the world. But then we look in the results of the world, right? We see what's actually happening in family systems and political systems and nation to nation. And you see the opposite. You see the fruits of what happens from this type of division, right? You see that 
actually almost all of the harm and um, violence that happens in the world, at least a good percentage of it is based on this dogmatic positioning that people have and it causes harm. And so what do we do? You know, how do we find the divine within us and between us? Well, this has been my question. This has been my journey. And so I think what I did for myself is I came, I came more fully into my soul. I started to remove the dogmatic positioning. I took an entire year. I've told this to some of my close friends, but now I'm telling it to all of you. I took an entire year and I grew up in Christianity and that was my base tradition. So I took an entire year and I said, I'm going to remove all dogma. I'm going to remove all commentary, all other people telling me who God is for me. And I'm just going to read the best of my ability, the remaining words that we have of Jesus, right? And, and those types of writings. Uh, I also felt inspired after I had combed through the New Testament, which was, I felt the most, uh, you know, present centered uh, work that we had to read Gnostic gospels, those that had been pulled from the Bible. I also felt to read um, other traditions of people who have sought to like understand and know God. And I started to see these kind of overarching commonalities, right, of truth, this dharma that was weaving underneath all of these different ways of looking at things, uh, that God is love and God is expansive, and that where you find this mirroring of the divine in me sees the divine in you, you usually find God. And I started to see that love and kindness was taught and that there were no isms, right? There were no divisions, right? There was this oneness within these types of perspectives. And I could find that within my own faith tradition. If I looked hard enough for those people that I felt were really living the attributes um, of the, the model of Jesus, right? I could see it within indigenous traditions where people were connecting to the earth and the harmony and with nature and then seeing the harmony within the nature between all of us. I could see it in uh, Eastern traditions, right? That would teach us that we all have this connection within our heart, within our soul to the divine. And then that connection exists between us, right? Not between us and God, but also between each other. And that when we look at another person, we see the divine in them because we are the embodiment of that divine, right? We are the embodiment of that. And so as we remove these isms, we're able to look at somebody else and say, I am actually looking at the face of God, right? I'm looking at the face of God and every one of the people that I see. And I'm not limiting that because I'm not saying that you are your religion, you are your sexuality, that you are your money, your possessions. Even your current behavior today isn't who you are. You are more than that. And the dogma just started to drop and drop and drop and expand me, right? And so just like any type of expansion, when you get to the your edge, you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you feel very uncomfortable when you start to see how your own mindset, your own isms, your own principles, your own dogma, right? Because we all have it. Not one person in the, in the voice of me doesn't have what I call personal dogma because we all have sets of beliefs. That's what the mind does that we use to organize the way we, re, we, we connect to our world. And so one of the things I often do with clients is I have them look at their um, governing um, belief sets, right? Like look at the programming, if you will, that they have in their mind and say, how much is that lined up with love? How much is it lined up with what you believe is the divine? And how is it getting in the way, right? How is it getting in the way from you loving yourself and loving others and really embodying um, 
what you believe to be God, the divine, right? What is getting in the way of that? And that's a difficult question for a lot of people, because when you do that, you start to see that they can be traditions that you were handed down, right? That there's ways that you were taught uh, to judge and to separate that um, you're perpetuating. And you're like, but it worked in my family system and it works with the people that think like, like me and have the same life as me. But then you start to see it doesn't work when you expand beyond that. You start to have more experiences, right? Maybe you travel to other countries. You spend time with people who connect to God in a different way than you, and you still see them connecting. You feel them connecting, and you see the light of love and divine in them, and you go, we're not that different. Maybe we're all really the same. And so there goes your dogma, right? It needs to keep reordering itself. And I hope, I hope that your dogma is moving more and more closely to Dharma, right? But it's coming to the light of expansion and love um, that allows for this oneness, this oneness of, of humanity, right? For us all to be brothers and sisters and learning and growing and developing together and not creating a my path's right and your craft is wrong and therefore I am justified in injuring you. I'd like to share with you a little excerpt from a book that early in my journey just really blessed me. It's called The God Seed, Probing the, Spirit, Probing the Mystery of Spiritual Development by M. Catherine Thomas. This particular authoress, uh, author, is, uh, uh, she actually grew up in the same uh, tradition as me. And so it was really helpful for her to kind of help me in this early stage of development to see where I was stuck in mindsets that were stealing my love and not allowing this pro this progression for me. And this is one of the things that she says um, that I love. Spirituality, this person begins to move away from traditional or institutional views of God. He or she begins to move away from what Father Keating described as the Western model of spirituality, a model of variance with the Savior's teachings. The traditional model is a perspective where external acts of obedience like rituals or things on a to-do list seem more important than internal ways of being. The problem he points out with preferring the external over the internal is that through the obedience to external religious acts can, although, I'm sorry, that though the obedience to external religious acts can look pious and spiritual, the acts can arise not out of a pure heart of love for God and others, but out of pride and self-centeredness and desire to prove oneself or others or others one's spirituality. Thus, external acts do not necessarily indicate or even produce spiritual development. Therefore, those aspiring to a higher stage, those acts are not spiritually adequate in themselves. Again, this person's a believer in Jesus. Jesus's teachings in the gospels is clear. Clean the inside of the cup first and then worry about the outside. So again, I think as I went on this journey and I started to, what this author's saying, clean the cup, right? Really allow myself to say, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not going to say I know it. Humility for me has always been the catalyst to all learning. And so I was like, I just want to be open to what I don't know, right? Please show me my edges. And as I saw my edges and it becomes very uncomfortable, I said, I, I, I've got to expand. You know, as a therapist, we use theories of therapy, right? So our theories of therapy serve us for a time as we're trying to serve people. And then maybe we get to the edge of a theory because just like any theory, there's always more to know. And we go, you know, I, I mean, that theory was good for a while and it helped me with people, but now I see this other aspect of human growth and development. So now my theory needs to expand. 
And so the theory keeps expanding. And if really you're going on the journey of professional development, your theories continue to expand and grow and you become a better and better clinician as you allow that expansion. So knowing that in my clinical practice, I had to look at my spiritual practice and go, where am I doing the same thing? Where am I allowing myself to continue grow and expand? And where are my edges? And my edges were showing themselves to me and they were, they were hurtful, right? I was showing themselves to me and I realized that I needed to allow myself to expand my container, right? To have greater growth and development and and so I did. And it was at first, it was very, very painful for me to move away from this idea that I had the right way, you know, the right way of thinking. Um, because, you know, where was my safety and security coming from? Right. Where was I getting my sense of I'm right. I'm true. Everything's true. And I'm going to be safe and protected. Right. Especially if we look at the energetic systems, like our root chakra loves this place, this place of like safety and security. It's a very young self though, the safety that needs that kind of authority figure to keep them safe and secure and kind of delegates um, autonomy and authority to an outside source and says, you make the choices for me. I'm not going to be um, responsible for my own choices, right? I'm not going to be responsible for them. I'm going to like delegate that responsibility and authority outside of myself and, um, you can keep me safe and secure, right? Doesn't it sound like a parent and a child, right? But eventually you move into this place of like, you know what? I trust my soul. I trust my relationship with the divine. I really feel like I'm an adult now and I can make choices based on what God is showing me, telling me, and I can uh, have this kind of spiritual maturity um, and accountability, right? To my own heart and my own choices. And I will make mistakes and it won't go perfectly. And so I moved into that stage. And if those of you have been following this podcast, that's exactly what was talked about, right? Up and through February, I moved into that stage and I started to expand. But what I don't, what I didn't really say here is that, um, you know, at first it was really hard because we have community and we have a place of um, acceptance. And, and when we sit with the community and they tell us, you know, we're, we're enough and we're, Sometimes even community, especially if that community has kind of separated itself, can say what we're better than or more right than others. That can be a place that's really validating and, and false security creating. And I had that. Um, and then I did it. And it's so difficult when you're going on an expansive journey of faith and development, because then you have to say, uh, you know, it's really on me, right? How I develop now and how I connect to God and to continue having that development and to keep following that path. And so I did. And, and it, I remember at first just kind of getting up um, on a Sunday morning and just being like, okay, what am I, how am I going to connect to God today? And what am I going to do? Because, and that might be for surprising for some of you, but I didn't feel comfortable going and being fed um, the perspectives of other people of what God was. And I needed this space, this cocoon for myself to grow and develop and so I felt to, to do that, to sit with my scriptures and prayer and meditation and just really connect. But at some point that, that call back to community was there. And I then uh, answered that call and found supportive community. And I think that's the issue here with like, you know, the issue with this podcast isn't whether community has value. I think we can kind of honestly see community always can have value, but that our community needs to be supportive of where we are on our journey 
Right. And so that's what I, I realized community can be harmful and community can be helpful depending if it's the right community for you at that time of development. And a, a community can have been helpful and useful and developmentally promoting for a very long time. And then you can come to an edge where that community no longer serves. Right. I think we've all had that. I had that with, you know, different therapists I'd worked with over the years, different mentors, right? Like you learn what you came to learn and then you move on. And so for me, again, this internal authority of, I just, it's just me really following and having trust in and, um, and really surrender to what the divine was showing me was the journey. And it was, it was difficult because any, like any edge, you don't know what's past that edge, right? You, you have to step into the darkness and let the light reveal itself. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, and it did, and it became more expansive and the dogma broke down. And now I sit in this place where God is love. God is in all people and all traditions, this universality of God uh, that allows me to sit and take in and find beauty and, and God and love in, uh, my origin tradition, right? Which I've done. And also to go sit with people of other faith traditions and feel the same and not to see one is right or the other is wrong, but to just to continually be curious or where is the voice of love and expansion and unity being inspired in me? And where is it being silenced, right? Where is it being um, tapped down, right? And so there's no isms, right? I, I had to, um, I had to, <laughs> actually, I think that is my Freudian slip today. I had to, <laughs> I think I did. I got to, I had the opportunity to travel to Southern France um, this past month, uh, or later this month. I'm here at October 30th as I record this. And um, wow, was that an expansive journey. And I, I feel very grateful that that came in my life. The story behind that is my husband who I've been married to for nearly 23 years, 22 years, uh, um, you know, felt on Mother's Day that, you know, he's felt and seen the expansion. And this has been an expansion that we've gone on together as a couple and as a family. And he, he knows my deep love um, of my Christian tradition and the things that I've learned from it. Also, I have an, an amazing fascination for the woman of Mary Magdalene and who she was and how her story has been mistold. Maybe the most mistold story of all women. And I will create a podcast about her coming up soon. So stay tuned and hopefully you'll join this new, these new episodes because this is definitely a new expansive journey of complete vulnerable and authenticity from me. Um, that is what I felt needed to be shared today. My last step from dogma to dharma is to just not be afraid to show up as myself and know that wherever you are in your path, right? whether your community is serving you and you're expanding there and you feel the light and love of the divine expansion within you, I, I salute you, I support you. Or if you were like me and you were feeling your edges and you were feeling it being confining and you're feeling that the definition of who is God and what is God was feeling a little too um, confining that it's okay to expand out and go on that faith expansion journey and still have love and union with all the good things that have come before you because we are not at enmity with our root systems, right? We're in harmony with them, but yet like a tree, we continue to branch forward, right? If I find people when they leave a faith tradition or they expand within it, outside of it, right? There's many different ways we do this. 
um, many different paths that each one of us feel guided to take because we all have a different purpose, right? And our embodiment of what we're meant to do here. Some of us, uh, I have, you know, people in my own family that just feel really to root into the love of God and the truth of God and then try to change from within a community and do that work. And they're doing beautiful work. And it's difficult because maybe the edges of their branches are really pushing on the edges of that dogma and saying, you're not white enough. You're not expansive enough. You need to grow so that this beautiful creation that God made me can expand to receive me. And so they're creating that pressure from the inside out in their own communities, right? And then there are other people that are saying, I actually can't reach my purpose within this box. I need to release it. I need to expand beyond it. I need to go and pull things from the outside in and and maybe bring things back to uh, my tradition or live in a different way to maybe model back to the tradition that there's something different, maybe that good people can also be in a different perspective because if we have no experience with people doing that, we don't know it exists, right? And so... I don't know if you are when people, you know, do mentorship with me, I say, you know, inside out, outside in, that's between you and God, right? Within your systems. But the truth is, is that your soul already knows the path. And if you deny it, you'll feel it in your body, right? You'll feel it in your body. When I was at the edges of my box and having to kind of expand beyond it, I got to the point guys. And here's, I'm a very, very active, uh, you know, I run a nonprofit. I have a podcast. I've seen clients. I have three children, two dogs, right? I can do so many things. And I'm so grateful for the energy that God has given me or through me to do these things. That's not who I am, but right to express my true essence in all these different um, places in my life. And I got to the point for like a couple weeks where a month maybe where I could barely get out of bed and do laundry, right? The, the level of light had decreased so much. And I, I sat outside my house and um my car bawling my eyes out yeah so i'm sharing you a very vulnerable story and i wasn't sure i was going to share this but i am going to because again this is the dogma from dharma like the complete vulnerability and authenticity podcast that i promised so many who've known that this has been on my heart for a long time i would share some of you have written to me and said summer will you please finish the podcast and i'm like i don't think i'm ready yet but today i am and i um I cried in my car. I cried for the version of me who had felt expansive and supported for so, so long in, 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 a, in a particular path. And I, and I cried for her and I, I asked God, I said, like, please, you know, if there's any other way, like, show me, show me how I can twist myself. Tell me, show me how I can do this so that I can not have to expand, right. This tree beyond this invisible box, really. Cause you don't even know you're in it till you, until you feel you're in it. And, um, but I could feel it. And, and God just kept saying to me, you already know, you already know what you have to do. <sighs> so I cried and um, my beautiful husband, I love him so much. Um, and I'll get back to the Mary Magdalene thing. Cause I realized I didn't finish that story. We're on tangent number two, right? <laughs> it is what it is. So he comes around and he sits in the car and with me and he just holds space for me. Isn't that what we do for people when they're going on an expansion journey? Do you have anybody in your life that needs you to just sit with them and not judge them? Anyway, he's a good example of that. He sat with me and he just mirrored the divine, right? What would God say or do in this place? Because we get to be God's messengers in these moments. And he just said, I see you, right? Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. And I told him and he said, 
you know, what do you feel you need to do? And I, and I, I said, I just, I need to take a pause. I need to have the space for myself to figure out what's the next best step. And, and, um, and he's like, then you need to do it. Right. And, and I did. Um, but I, I, it was interesting to watch the light come back into my body. It wasn't an immediate thing, right? Because there was a disorientation in my brain and my body from all these patterns of how I did things every day and how I lived for so long. But I, it started to come back slowly and, and become expansive, right? Very expansive, like much more expansive than the energy had been before because now there were no limitations, right? That was the one last limitation for me of dogma was that I was letting an outside authority really tell me what was and wasn't okay for me in my life. And at this point, this was the step in my life where I stepped into the darkness of no more authorities of people on earth and a hundred percent dedication to the authority of the God within me and the message that I was receiving. And I will walk that path no matter what the consequences are. And guys, there were consequences. There were good friends that I talk to on a regular basis who they don't, they've not truly shunned me. Right. But they don't talk to me very much. We don't talk very often. Um, I just, it's just not comfortable. Right. When you have agreeance and like-mindedness with someone, and then they don't share that, even though whenever I have talked to those friends, I hope, and this has been my intention all along to always say, I 100% support you on your journey with the divine. I'm just asking for the same, right? And I'm not telling other people what's right for them or wrong for them. Because again, to me, that's just more dogma, right? I don't want to be part of that message to the world. I want to be part of the message of, I support you in your path 100%. And I just want you to have your own relationship with God and be expansive. And so I also had women, uh, so many women, uh, that I would say God probably came into my path showing the injury of like, I've lost community. I've lost a sense of connection. I, I still want to have God. I still want to have community. I still want to um, grow forward and develop these attributes of the divine within me. And I uh, was able to share and connect with them as well. And, and to hopefully be of service. And some of them, again, from the inside out or outside in, there was a mixture of these women Um but I was so grateful to meet so many of them and to, to get to um, be one with them and find healing in our just accepting of the divinity within each other. So that's been a big part of what's happened since February as well. Okay. So back to the, the Mary Magdalene journey story and we're almost concluding here, but um, my husband did, and that's a big part of why this podcast has come up today is that journey. I, had this opportunity to go to Southern France and um, historically what's known, we don't know much about Mary Magdalene in um, most Christianities because uh, the voice of her was quite silenced and that was very intentional. Um, but she left, uh, you know, she left uh Israel, you know, left this part of the world and she, she fled, as you can imagine, it wasn't very safe for her to be there, her and the Bethany family, they left and they, they came to, they actually went through Egypt and kind of the Mediterranean, but we eventually see kind of evidence of them because I went on like a historical journey with someone who studied all this and they end up in Southern France. And there's a city called Las Marys de la Mer where they landed, you know, that, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene, Martha, 
Lazarus, Maximum, and a few and quite a few others, they all landed and they they come they've come into southern France. Well, as of today, you can still go take your own journey, but you can journey into southern France like I did and go to almost all the old churches of that time, and they all are very much Magdalene churches or Lazarus or Maximum churches because they proselyted Christianity, which was you know very considered pagan and in, in parentheses, but it didn't have Christianity at belief at that time there. Um, throughout that entire region for 30 years. And Magdalene was an incredible um, teacher of um, what I call the way of love. And you see Jesus' message of love and unity. You see women and men you know, teaching equally side by side. Um, you know, there's no respecter of persons or gender. It's just this message of love. And they have very little dogma. And I was talking to my husband about it this morning you know, and how profound that was for me to see that in early Christianity and the Gnostics that there's no real dogma. The dogma comes in later when powers of it you know, at B say, yeah, this type of thinking, this kind of unity, this kind of message of divine connection with God and just seeking to develop divine attributes as men and women together. It's not really serving our purposes um, of wanting to usurp power and authority over each other, right? Because that's what happens with most religions eventually is we start in this kind of pure place of, I just want to know what's true, right? Like I grew up with, like, I just want to know with all the churches, what what's the truth, right? And then we, we start to connect to truth and then eventually we start creating so much more dogma, right? So many more rules, so many more regulations, so much more secularism, just so much more heaviness, right? On this true message of, we have this beautiful connection to the divine and we can we can access it, right? We can allow it to heal us, purify us, connect us develop us and they were then persecuted right they were hunted they were um martyred and killed most of them um mary magdalene wasn't uh, she did get to die of natural causes um, but after she passed uh, there was many that rewrote her story you know try to equate her with a sinner penitent sinner and even though she was never that um, eventually later on the Catholic church comes out and says, yeah, actually that was, um, conflating her story with other, you know, the unnamed sinner, or we just wanted to make her like this, looking like this penitent woman to be an example, but that's not who she was. She was this beautiful grounded leader who knew her worth and value and taught from a place of authority, uh, and the authority of love. And I love that message for the world. And I love the message of men and women standing together, seeking to teach this, this personal connection that we can have, right? They're only, the only real uh, dogma that was taught was the Lord's Prayer among these people um, because, you know, they thought, well, it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. So we teach people to pray and connect and to learn and very little dogma. But then you have it later, all this dogma that comes in and changes uh the message and this is just historical facts that we have and so it gets changed right you get at you you've got you know paul who and you've got peter you know in rome and they there's there's another message being created and um that message seems to be the one that goes forward more right the one that most christians have today but the message of mary and bethany family becomes largely silenced except for you can't silence it in the historical um and the archaeological facts, right, of the cities and how they were established. And in, in France, it's very much alive. It's very much alive. So my husband sends me on this trip. 
because he knows that that's the kind of version of Christianity that I love so much. That's the part that I believe in. I really, truly believe, because uh, Jesus has always been kind of my central teacher, and I've had many, but this is, that's my central teacher, that he was just, he didn't stand for isms. He didn't stand for dogma. In fact, he was the anti-dogma. <laughs> he was the anti-dogma. He was the anti-divisions. There's so many places in the New Testament where there's people that would have been considered pagan and all kinds of people are judging them, right? In this case, it's the Jewish people. And he's like, they're good with me. Actually, look at yourselves, right? Look at your own judgment. That's the issue, right? Your heart, the way you're you're connecting to your fellow brother, your brother, brothers and sisters, that's the issue, right? The love, right? I'm here to teach the gospel of love. And you're, you're just trying to create more rules of like, who's the in-group and who's the out-group here. And so for me, that's the truth of that tradition that I take forward, right, into my dharma, into my purpose, to try to teach people the gospel of love, uh, the law of love, of unity, of connection, of oneness. I hope that the message that I gave today does not disturb you in your journey. I feel like we would always speak self-worth and confidence to other people. Hey, Listen to your heart. Listen to your internal voice. What is God saying that you need to do for you? Even though there may be people who don't stand with you or, or see you, gosh, don't we all have to take a step in the dark sometime? Isn't that spiritual maturity? Don't we at some point have to exercise our own free will or agency and say, I'm going to make choices. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And then we make mistakes and we learn from those. And yet we're responsible for those. And we make we make shifts and adjustments. And that's always been the process of learning. And I truly believe all along the way, we've never lost our connection, that nothing can separate us from the divine. I love Romans 8 on this, that we are always connected. Um, it's all about intention. Really, the only limitation that we place on the divine is ourselves, right? Our divisions, our separations, right? And, and the way that we don't see the love of God between us, right? And within us. So this has been my journey uh, from dogma to dharma. And, and I have to tell you that um, where I sit today, it's, it's an ever expansive viewpoint. Like every single day is an opportunity for me to learn more about God in many places. And I don't limit where, and I don't limit who, um, because I don't believe that you can put limitations on something so expansive of God. I don't believe that any one person can fully define something that's beyond words, right? That's beyond form. That's the formless, right? And I, I truly feel more connected to this mystery, <laughs> this mystical, I guess, path that I've walked upon than the one that felt very sure and egoically, like I know it and I know what's right for everyone else that put me in a place of judgment that put me in a place of injury. And I was, I have to say, I look at versions of myself back there that did the best she knew how to do, but she also injured people at times because she thought she knew what was best for other people's lives. And uh, I forgive her, but I don't plan on being her in the future. So Thank you so much for hearing me. If you're still here after, you know, many months of me not being on this podcast, I just want to thank you all for being on the journey. And if my voice serves even one of you, um, that was my prayer this morning. And that was my answer that I should share this message. If it even blessed one of you, that it'd be worth sharing. 
um, I think I'm back. I think I'm back. I think now that I feel like I can share more the truth of where I am with others that I will be able to share more openly. Um, I think I feared sharing with you this expansive version of the divine that I now live within because I wasn't sure of how you may judge me. But then I realized that we all have a death and rebirth process in coming unto the divine. And one of the death and rebirth processes that I needed to go through today was the death of my egoic self that needed your approval and the birth of the self that just lives the truth of who I am, come what may, right? So be it. And so there it is. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're on your own journey and I support you in it. And I love you. I truly love you. I hope you feel that. And um, I hope to see you again. Talk to you soon.